Oi, pay attention. You're listening to the Jamie Heaney Show on Cam Glen Radio.
Uh, there you go, sound of the coat. Uh, that's she sells sanctuary. And before that, one of my favourite records of all time. Time from the album, Who Took Utopia? That's <laughs> Mark McGee and the guys. That's <laughs> Gyro Babies and Equinox. Cannot wait to get you guys in to play live. Right, talking about in live tonight. Well, not live, it's a... Uh, recording uh, is uh, Kelly Moss um, she's from Dublin so I'll be playing a wee interview with her later on this evening and a many many thanks to my young nephew John Heaney from Cornwall for putting them on to me um, going to kick off as I say this bit of the show with Love Like Blood uh, from Killing Joke
killing joke now around a lovely blood. Put the feelers out for this band to come on live, Gianna Bibles. And our ghost dance here on Camglen Radio. Many, many thanks to Susan Lyons for the Deep Down Dirty Blue show. the Bibles and a ghost dance a band who well the very very first band I ever played here on Cam Glen Radio love this song Dead Man Fall Calexico The heat goes up and up and never stops. 
Our Dead Man Fall and a Calexico from Cumbernauld moving a wee bit down the road to Coatbridge had these guys on uh, Cannot Wait they've got, actually got a brand new album coming out round about October and hopefully I'll be having them in before the launch this is Crash by Feet of Clay
for that mix up there. That's of course New Age by Echo Moon. This is Crash by Feet of Clay. That's what happens, you got fat fingers. But never mind. Comes to he who waits. Crush. Feet of clay.
what a song oh, brilliant a feat of clay and a crash right as usual per usual I'm getting really really hungry as Wednesday night's drawn to a close I'm getting the wee belly rumbles but I'm going to pop into Munchies I'm Casimo it's Tony Jack and Ellie and all the, the gang and Munchies and Casimo Arcade because they do an addictive chicken right I don't know what that is but I need to try it because it looks amazing right going to go back in time oh way way back Talking Heads on a once in a lifetime
uh, Talking Heads on a once in a lifetime. Right, had this guy on a couple of weeks ago. Absolute fantastic musician. Seen him live, absolutely pure dead brilliant. Blinking good, as I would always say. This is, <laughs> I was going to say Ewan McGregor again now. It's not, it's Ewan McFarlane and I wasted on me. Falkirk, the primes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I actually kept you and, you and McFarlane quiet there. Right, I must apologise. It's all mine's going to be in a holiday mode. I'll go away to Crete tomorrow morning. And, of course, I've been in holiday mode right now. Uh, 
talking about create, I'd just like to wish Cavan and all the gang at Peggy Gordon's all the best. I'll be seeing them tomorrow night. That's actually one of the award-winning Irish bars on Crete by TripAdvisor. And, of course, Aphrodite and all the guys at um, CC Fari and, of course, all the gang. I'll be staying at in Alexandra's Hotel, right? Definitely going to play Ewan McGregor. <laughs> Ewan McFarlane right now. You're wasted on me, all right? There and uh, you're wasted on me. As I said, coming up later on about eight o'clock, we're going to have an interview with Kelly Moss. Right before that, uh, Cam Glen Radio presents right on Friday, the 29th of September. That's a uh, live music tickets are eight pound plus booking fees on Evenbright or ten pound at the door. Advanced tickets available until 25th of September. That's at 18 Family Road in Rolloglen when we're going to be having the Human Renegade Bunkhouse and of course local authority and what. 
not mean for £10 three bands absolutely brilliant looking forward to them and of course you can go on to www.camglenradio.org or Facebook Cam Glen Radio or Twitter official official Cam Glen or tickets on camglenradio.evenbright.com that's where you get your tickets as I said £8 plus booking fees on Eventbrite, Eventbrite and of course it's uh, £10 at the door advanced tickets are available until 25th of September right going to play them these are the bands that will be playing live this is The Human Renegade
on Rising. Human Renegade, who will be playing live on Friday, the 29th of September. This is another band who will be playing live on the 29th of this September here in Cam Glen Radio, 18 Farm Lone Road. Punk House. When you're back. I've not heard that word in years, sad sack. That's <laughs> Windbag and Bunk House. And of course, the other band who will be playing live on Friday, 29th of September Local Authority. And a crafty design.
design there from local authority and of course human renegade and a bunk house the three bands what absolutely brilliant bands blinking good bands in fact i'm going to try and get the freedom on not at one time right get the three of the bands on for a live session here in the jim heaney show as i said cam glenn radio presents at 18 family road rolling g73 1dl 0141 647 0311 that's on friday 29th of september Doors open at 7 o'clock and it's 18 plus only. And the tickets are £8 plus booking fees at Eventbrite or £10 at the door. Advanced tickets are available until 25th of September. And of course, you can get them on www.camglenradio.org and Facebook Cam Glen Radio. Official Cam Glen on Twitter and of course the tickets on camglenradioevenbrite.com. As I said, a brilliant night. £10. <laughs> I'm going to pay £10. There you go. I'm going to pay the £10. Right. <laughs> and go back <laughs> into the music now. Love this guy. Been a bit best friend for about 30 years. Ian Prowse and a home.
<laughs> there you go, the sound of Wayne Price there and a wee track called Home. Right after the next song, we're going to be having an interview with Keely, Keely Moss from Dublin. And of course, this is Fiddle John and Sean Finlay. How are you doing, Keely? Hello, Jamie. I'm great. Thank you for asking. Uh, right. Well, I want to ask you first and foremost, right, um, is my young nephew, John, that got me in contact with you. And I'm glad yes. he did because I listened to your music. Your music was absolutely brilliant. Um, and looking at the background there, <laughs> it's like a wee manhunt. <laughs> but it's not a manhunt. <laughs> you know, no, I mean, I've seen them where you've got the Beatles, you've got the Smiths, but... What I've seen as well was Joy Division. 
in your order. Right. I want to ask you this question. Sure. Who do you prefer, Joy Division or New Order? Okay, well, um, I love both bands. I mean, I'll, I'll actually just sit here with, with my Joy Division and New Order mural. I've kind of got a, a combination of a Joy Division and New Order mural, as you see, all the way through there. Um, yeah. I really love both bands. I mean, okay, if I had to choose between them, and I don't want to have to. It's like choosing, you know, picking your favourite child. But I, I would go with Joy Division simply because... Yeah, just as well. We say that was going to cut you off there. <laughs> <laughs> because they existed for such a short time. And it, on the one hand, although it's very tragic that they didn't get to go on and do so much more, but it kind of encases them in a very perfect capsule where yeah. they can never be tainted. They can never... You know, they, they never got to make a bad record. They they never got to grow old. They never got to have any sort of uh, public spats, unlike Latter Day New Order. Yeah, no. no. Um, I'm a big, big New Order fan of you know certainly from the period from say Ceremony right up until Republic. Um, no. But I I think there's just some, there's something very special about a band that knows you know when to quit. Um, and not to tarnish things and, and I think when a band has that you know the, the power that Joy Division had as a live act their the artwork Peter Saddle responsible for so many of those iconic factory record sleeves um, and like I, I genuinely believe and it's lovely to me clearly a fellow uh, Joy Division um, not because I do believe that they're the greatest group ever if, if you look at the progression that they made from mm -hmm. say very first demo that they recorded in the summer of 1977 when they could barely play and by the time of unknown pleasures they were arguably the best band in the world that is the biggest artistic progression that album was yeah. recorded in april 1979 so in less than two years they went from being basically almost unable to play to being arguably the best band in the world that is an extraordinary no no other band with the exception of, of the beatles has ever made such a quantum leap creatively uh -huh. in yeah. As I always say, this they sounded it was like a top of the pops band. You go in there and you don't need to be able to play live. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like you know, um, Joy Division. There's actually some 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 Scottish connections with Joy Division as well. The one of the sad things is that, and you'll see online, um, they were due to play a gig at the Astoria in Edinburgh. The week, I think, was it a week after Ian Curtis would have due to? I think no, I tell you when it was. It was because they played their last gig in Birmingham on the second of May, nineteen eighty, and they were due to play at the Astoria in Edinburgh on the 9th of May, but the gig was cancelled because obviously Ian's health was very much uh -huh. at that time. So it was a gig they didn't get to do, but it would have. It was their last scheduled gig in the UK before Ian. Tragic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, right. And what I want to ask you as well is, right, apparently you're a um, radio presenter as well in Dublin. Well, I I, I am in, in that I record <laughs> radio shows in Dublin, but they're actually broadcast on several stations, all of which are outside of Ireland. So one of uh -huh. which I, I hope I'm not a... Uh, Causing any controversy by making by mentioning any rival stations here, but you're one of the grass here, you're cutting the grass, Mrs. <laughs> Come yeah, on. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, I have a my show is called Keely's Blissed Out Bangers, 
and uh, it, it uh, broadcasts on a station in, in Canada called Bombshell Radio, a station in Wales called Radio Wigwam, and a station in California called Eardrum Buzz Radio. Oh, well, excellent. So if you had a choice, right, obviously you're a musician now, what would you do if you had the choice? If, you could only if, do the one of them. You could oh, only do on. one. There's, there's no comparison. I mean, all day long. I mean, as, as much as I love presenting the radio show, um, because it speaks to my absolute all-out worship and devotion of music, but uh-huh. there's nothing that compares to playing music and uh-huh music in a rehearsal capacity in a live capacity in a recording capacity so it would be playing music all day long i mean that's it's kind of for me it's it's speaking of jordan an ideal for living it's a reason for being it's a reason for breathing it's all i really believe in it's all i really do you know i'm not much with the cats i don't really have a life outside music and i don't really want one either um so i i don't have like i don't watch the telly i don't have a pet I don't have relationships. I don't, I don't, I just play music, write music, promote, you know, do interviews all the time. That's just all uh-huh. I do in relation to that record, songwriter. So everything that is involved in that, in that field is pretty much all that my life consists of. And that's how I'm happy to be. But I know other uh-huh. cats need to kind of, <laughs> need to take a break from music. But for me, it's like that wonderful song by the Bee Gees, Too Much Heaven. There's never been when it comes to music. So how long have you been actually doing the music? Well, I suppose it's, I started trying, you know, the, the first, my first step, my first baby steps essentially were when I was a teenager. Uh-huh. And I started writing songs or trying to do, you know, play music. Um, and it took me a very long time to find the, the, to put the jigsaw pieces together because being oh. I am an unusual person, an artistic person, quite a misfit. Earlier in life, it took me a long time to connect with like-minded people because there just weren't many like-minded people or it took me longer to find those like-minded people. So um, the first band that I was ever in that actually got any kind of radio, you know, airplay or kind of like significant press would have been Session Moths in uh-huh. 2017. And then that band uh, was together for a year. And then um, I began writing what the material that would end up um, being the records I've been releasing over the number, last number of years. So I started releasing my own stuff under my own name in 2020. And then I got the deal with Dimble Discs in 2021. So last year, 2021, I released my debut mini album, Drawn to the Flame. And then this year, I released my debut full-length album, Floating Above Everything Else. And I've been releasing, obviously, singles off the, off the records over that time. So uh-huh. I've amassed quite a lot of material, quite a lot of releases, but within a relatively short period of time. But I have been trying to do it my whole life. And it just took me a long time to find the right producer, uh-huh. find the right manager, find the right bandmates, all of those things that kind of yeah. gradually fallen into place. So when you're doing your writing, what do you do first? Do you do the lyrics or do you do the music? Well, it's I have a very it's seemingly a very unusual way of, of writing. And <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> it, it's a very natural way in that I never sit down and I mean I I often I might assemble lyrics over over a period of time, like it, uh-huh. you know, and um, I would write lyrics very quickly, very instinctively, 
um, when the inspiration strikes, when I get the idea in my mind. But in terms of the actual song, in terms of the composition of music that then is like a home for the lyrics to live in, what happens there is quite an amazing thing. I just wait until I hear the music in my head. When I hear uh -huh. the music in my head, I find the notes on the guitar. So I, I just transfer the notes I hear. I, I hear music all the time. Um, but sometimes it crystallizes in, into, into, into kind of, into song shapes, I, uh -huh. I call them. And then, and then the song just flows out and I pick the guitar up and it just flows out. So well, it almost doesn't really feel like songwriting. It feels more like a song is falling out of the sky. I'm just there to capture it. And that's why one of the reasons why I stay up all night every night is because during the night, the rhythms are different. It's silent, oh, right. far fewer distractions. There's far, far less. It's just you can attune to a different rhythm. It's it's much more of a of a, of, of a time of solitude and of silence and of space. And I find that that oh. is really conducive to songs falling out of the sky. So I just make sure that I'm present to be able to kind of like capture the songs when they fall. And and then after that, I can kind of, you know, make some technical adjustments. But during the actual right, you know, point when the song is being born, it's very instinctive and it's very natural. And it usually, more often than not, emerges as a full piece of uh -huh. It's quite amazing the way it happens. See, he's talking about that. Have you ever done, uh, had what I call a domestic moment, right? That is like, I've had a couple of guys on, right? I know it sounds stupid, right? I've had a couple of guys on. One was in the middle of doing the hoovering. And he came up with an idea for a song. So he switched the hoover off and wrote the song. And he had a hit with it. And then I had another guy who was doing the dishes. And he stopped the dishes. So have you ever had like, a domestic moment? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I haven't had a moment like that. But what I, what I have had is several times... I have I've dreamed a song in my sleep, or I've or a, or a portion of it, maybe just the chorus or just the verse, and I'll wake up either in the middle of the night, which is rare, or more often than not, I'd wake up in the morning with this song in my head, and then I just get out of the hop out of bed, find the guitar. That's happened a bunch of times, um. So I've had it straight from sleep, wherever I've had I can I've dreamed it, I and I know that that. Probably the most famous song of all time, Yesterday by the Beatles, Paul McCartney, you know, famously dreamed that in his sleep. So it, it does happen, you know, to 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 some other songwriters. But I've never had a, a situation where, the, as you say, a domestic moment where I've been doing something <laughs> quite kind of like a household chore. I can't think uh -huh. of a single time where that's ever happened to me, no. <laughs> maybe, no. That'll, maybe, that'll be the next, maybe that'll happen with the next song. In other words, you're not domesticated. Uh, no. <laughs> right, anyway, we're going to go into the song Arrive Alive. Tell us a wee bit about that. Okay, uh, right. Well, that was basically how that came about was that was one of the few songs, that was actually one of, one of the songs that myself and my musical partner, Alan McGuire, wrote together. Um, mm -hmm. Most songs I've written on my own, but two or three of the songs Alan and I have actually written together. And that was, um, the words for it came very naturally um, I was traveling to the studio to do a recording session with Alan and I just cast my mind back to my muse, the subject of all of my songs, Inga Maria Hauser, traveling from her native Germany in the uh -huh. spring of 1988 with, 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 you know, hope in her heart and idealism and, and the, and the, the thrilling journey that she had kind of embarked upon 
And you know that feeling when it's it's springtime and and you're 18 years old and the world is at you. Know, <laughs> I can't remember that part much. So basically, I was kind of writing it from the standpoint of mm-hmm. I kind of want to inject a feeling of of the of the bittersweetness of the kind of the joy in her embracing on the embracing this journey and then yeah. the bittersweetness of, of the kind of because it's tinged with tragedy because of, of the circumstances of, of what happened to Inga. If if anyone knows about Inga's story, I actually write a blog, I publish a blog all about her yeah. case called the Keeley Chronicle. Inga Maria Hazen was a, was a young German artist, musician, and student who moved to Northern Ireland in 1988. Basically, all my songs are are written about her or about her case or about various aspects of the story. So I, I'm a concept artist. I, I just devote myself to writing about that one theme. It's kind of unique in, in music. So when I heard the piece of music that Alan had, had composed, I, I thought I, I need to add another element, and that is... I wanted to write to almost allude to wanting to go back through time and back mm-hmm. to the 1988 and kind of, you know, urging it to, 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 um, what's the word? Sort of walk backwards through uh-huh. with the path she was on in order to, you know, so there's, there's that like go back the way you came on track, then derailed. So uh-huh. it, it basically alludes to, to her story and it's 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 a very kind of beautiful but very kind of bittersweet song uh-huh is that also anything to do with the murder in the badlands movie lady yeah the documentary very, very much so yeah that's that's basically murder in the badlands um which your your viewers may have seen it was a recent bbc uh documentary a series a four-part miniseries uh about the murders of four young females in northern ireland uh, Inga's case was the second, I think, covered in the four-part series, and I, I contributed to that particular episode, um, all about Inga's case and the history of it and um, the circumstances of, of what happened to her, yeah. Uh-huh. Right, okay. Here on Cam Glen Radio, 107.9 FM, Keely Moss, and, of course, this is Arrive Alive.
Oh, there you go, Sunday arrival live. Nearly tongue twisted there. Right, uh, how long has it been since? Well, I, I don't think you've actually done any tours, have you, in Britain? And over good, in good question. Basically, I've at so far I've just done kind of individual dates. Like I've I played in London in two thousand and twenty one. I played at the Lexington. That was like my first London gig. With, uh -huh. with my band. Then I returned in um in the last summer. Um and I've so I played in the Water Rats in London this summer and then at a place called St. Leonard's on Sea. But I haven't actually done a fully fledged UK tour. But that of course is, is coming up next month. It's gonna be my first full tour of the UK, including and I'm so excited to say this because I genuinely anyone who knows me knows this. I have a deep, deep, deep love of Scotland. I've always loved Scotland, always had such an affinity with the place. I'm so looking forward to coming to Scotland for my first gig in Nice and Sleazy's in Glasgow on Wednesday, September 20th. Yeah, well, and I'm, I'm, I'm on air that night as well. Typical. Oh, <laughs> I do a Wednesday night, seven o'clock tonight. You can do it there first, Well, the, the funny thing about I'm, I'm, just I'm change it. Jamie said you have to go to change it. Well, no, here's the thing. Thursday is actually very interesting because I'm going to be doing, I haven't announced this yet, but I'm going to make it an exclusive for the listeners of, of, of Jamie's show on Cam Glen Radio. Basically, I'm going to be doing an in-store at Love Music Glasgow, the, the wonderful record store, uh, Love Music, in the centre of Glasgow. I'm going to be doing that on the Thursday, the September 21st. So anyone who's not able to get to the gig on the Wednesday night in Nice and Sleazy's or anyone who can get to the gig and also wants to see um, an intimate uh, in-store record store performance, they can come to Love Music Glasgow on the Thursday, September 21st. Oh, give that a good plug. Cumulus, <laughs> blissed out vibes. Uh, nice and Sleazy is such a, an, a, a place that's been on the go from yonks and yonks yeah. and yonks, yeah, uh-huh. No, I mean, it's it's up there with your, your tuts and all that. I mean, that's one of the places you've got to play in, is King Tuts. I've heard so much about King Tuts Wabahook, because I know that that was where Oasis were spotted by Alan McGee. Oh, that's right, yeah. And that, that was basically, that, that that kind of spearheaded Oasis' uh -huh. rise and the rise of Britpop and every really uh -huh. nice music culture kind of all stemmed from that, so... That would be amazing to, to get to see it. I'm sure you've probably seen many gigs in King Tut's over the years. Oh, I'm never out of there. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place, so I'm with the gigs at the moment. That's the thing, right? See, it gets, obviously, you've not done a festival yet, have you? Oh, uh, let me think. That, that's a good question. Have I done a festival? Uh, I don't think I have. No, there was one, yeah. there was one in, in Ireland that I played at last year, which was... I don't remember the name of it now, but no, I haven't really done any festivals. I'm hoping next year um, to to get some festival action going. Uh, get any of the festivals, because that's the thing I'd always wanted to know with a lot of artists. What would they prefer, a festival or a pub gig? Oh, well, where, where I'm concerned, I would definitely prefer a festival. I mean, I'm not much of a, of a pub goer. <laughs> You know, like I don't, I don't drink. So, so that, I mean, I, I do drink. I, I love like, but see, the kind of drinks that I love, I can't get in pubs. My favorite drink is strawberry milk. I can't get it in a pub. I always, I ask for it when I'm in pubs in Dublin, and they, they look at me like I have three heads. I can never get it there. <laughs> I've not been to Dublin for a while, near a half. It was absolutely, I love, I love Dublin. So 
going to. Uh, what I was going to ask you as well was, um, I forgot what I was going to ask you there. <laughs> no, seriously, right. <laughs> no, I mean, this, this one in, in uh, Glasgow, when when do you move into that? Uh, do, do you actually come up on the day? Or do yeah. you have... That's it. Well, basically, what happens is the tour starts in... I'm, I'm going to be flying over to London on the 12th and rehearsal uh -huh. on the 13th. And then the tour starts on the 14th of September in the Dublin Castle in London. And then on the 15th, I'll be doing a session with Phoenix FM in Essex. Then on the 16th, uh -huh. we're going to be moving on to Bristol, where I'll be playing with Darling Boy. When I say I, it's actually we. It's me solo, but it's with my, my, my wonderful band, uh, so we'll be playing then on Brist in Bristol on the 16th of September, uh, which is a Saturday night. With and the, the Darling Buds are, are on, on the bill, who are very, very you know legendary indie pop band from Wales. Yeah. And we move on to Glasgow. I think I've got a couple of days of press, and then I've got, we move on to Glasgow on the 20th. And then after that, the dates in Manchester and Leeds. But if anyone would like to find out, all of the, the tickets and all of the information is on the website, keelysound.com. Uh, so go there uh, to find out all of the info as well as links to videos and merch and the albums and the blog and the radio show and everything you ever wanted to know about Keely but were afraid to ask. It's all at Keely's <laughs> So you're talking about your band and all that. What, what do you like? Do you like doing solo stuff or do you prefer doing it in the band? Band, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I only play solo if I have to. I mean, I've, I've just come back from America where I've just went for the first time yeah, because the record was released and was kind of, um, uh, there was a college radio kind of campaign that was orchestrated. So they they, they asked me to go over and I, I couldn't bring my band with me. So it was, I was in a situation where, I mean, it was a fantastic trip. I had the trip of a lifetime and I had such a lovely time at all the radio stations that I did sessions for. But one particular session, for a station called WFMU, I was playing to an, a live audience of 300,000 people. <laughs> and I had to completely live, no, you know, no safety net, no bandmates. And it was in real time. It wasn't a pre-record. It was literally, it was as live, live as you know. yeah. So it was, it was great, but it was, I, I actually enjoyed doing it, but I far prefer having my bandmates because what I find is that when you play as a band, you can, when you have a rhythm section there, like my bandmates, Lukey and Tom and, and Marty, I can kind of, there's a musical interplay I can have with, with them. And also there's a lot of things that I can do that I know that I have this, there's a structure in place there that I can go off on flights of fancy, you know, and do things in terms of guitar playing. So I definitely, you know, just for, for me, it's, um, yeah, more enjoyable to, to play. Hey, it's all about gigs. What's the best gig you've done to date? Good question. Good question. What's the best gig I've done today? Uh, let me think. Uh, I'd say, I'd probably have to say the most recent run of dates that I've done with, with the new UK-based lineup of the band because... Um, you know, we got to play, we played in St. Leonard's on Sea. Like, I've, I've always loved the idea being, I, I, I'm Irish, obviously, and I'm, I'm based in Ireland for now at least. But getting to play in these kind of regional parts of England, that's a huge fan of music. I've, a lot of my heroes have gotten to do these tours and do these little kind of dates. So 
getting to, I think getting to play at the Water Rats was probably my favourite gig so far because it was, it's a venue steeped in history. I and mean, obviously Bob Dylan played his first gig, his first uh -huh. gig there in 1962. The Pogues played their first gig there in 1980. Uh -huh. Oasis played their first London gig there in 1994. So to get mm -hmm. to headline at the Water Rats was pretty amazing. And also in the crowd that night was some of my heroes, like um, Letitia from Stereolab, Mickey from Lush and Poroshka. Um, there was a, a, a bunch of cats who came to the show that uh, Damien from the Undertones, people like that, who I really respect and feel uh -huh. um, honor at JB Bennett from the High Lamas. So it was just a really, really lovely, you know, occasion. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with the Water Rats gig that we played right. in. in That's where you're going to go with your best one. Right. What was your worst one? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were getting away with that, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> How long have you got? How long have you got? <laughs> Not a way, didn't you, one? <laughs> yeah, right. I'll, I'll try and narrow it down. To, I mean, okay, early on, um, oh my God, I, I've had some, I mean, early early doors when I was starting out and I was, because I, at that stage, you know, I, I, I didn't have, you know, you're, you're trying to avail of any opportunity to play. Mm -hmm. And some of the places I played would have been very ill-suited to the kind of music that I make. Um, so some of the, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of, of, of the worst. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I, I think from a technical point of view, the most difficult gig I've ever, I'd, I'd have to separate it into two categories because there's the worst gig I've ever done in terms of it being a disaster. But there's also a gig that I did that actually turned out very well, but it was technically the hardest gig I've ever done, which was when I played a very, it was a very, very unusual setting, um, which in 2018, um, I played at the, I was honored to be asked to play some music at the 30th anniversary memorial gathering for Inga Maria Hauser in Ballypatrick Forest in near oh. Ballycastle in Northern Ireland. And I traveled up from Dublin to, to play at that and also to speak at it as, as, a, as a, someone who's involved in Inga's campaign. And the late great John Dallet, who was a, a, a member of the SDLP, he was a, a, a politician who was the elected representative for East Bally. And John was a lovely, lovely man, but, but he wasn't a musician. He didn't come from a musical background. So okay. when I explained to him that I was going to need a generator uh, in order to, to power my amp, in order to you know play my guitar, and I was going to need a PA for the vocals, something got lost in translation and he kind of con he confused the two. So when uh -huh. I turned and we were driving on our way to Body Patrick Forest. And bear in mind that this was, was a big event. And it was about a hundred people, locals and media, film crews, UTV Live. It was, you know, it was, there was a lot of people who were coming to it. And we were driving, I always remember it was raining heavily. And Body Patrick Forest, if anyone's ever been, it's a huge place, it's a very, 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 very cold place. So we're driving on our way there. And I knew the conditions were going to be difficult and it would be windy. I'd be playing outdoors. But I sat there in the back of, if we were driving in, in a yellow, Volkswagen a Beetle, like a, a tiny car. <laughs> and there was four of us in the car with myself, it was John, John's wife, and there was someone else who was going to speak at the event. And I suddenly came out in a cold sweat because I thought to myself, wait a second, that I'm sitting here, John's sitting there. Where's where's the generator? And where's the PA? And I thought to myself, okay, there's a boot in the car. Maybe maybe the, the PA is in that. But then that means the generator must be on the roof. 
either that or we don't have one. So I asked, John, you know, just checking, you know, we're five minutes from the venue. I said, just checking that that you sourced out the uh, PA. I go, oh, yeah, no problem. Or whatever he said in his Northern Irish accent, he said, uh, oh, I, he said, yeah, uh, right on. Or no, no, what did he say? I think he always said, um, dead on, dead on, he said. And then I said, and how about the, the generator? And he said, you mean they're, they're a different thing? I said, yeah, of course they're a separate thing. So anyway, I ended up having to play to 100 people outdoors in a forest and acoustic guitar in the wind and the rain with no amp, no nothing. And that was very, very challenging. So, and also just knowing that it's going out on TV and stuff, if you can get, if you can get up and play in that kind of environment when you can't really hear yourself and your fingers are you know, freezing cold, that you can do anything after that. I've had worse gigs in terms of playing to really disinterested crowds. Not so much nowadays it doesn't happen because fortunately I've, you know, got the fan base and people, you know, come see me live that are really supportive and I've got the band and stuff. But back when I was starting out, I remember playing some pub gigs that went terribly. Like, you know, because <laughs> I wasn't playing covers. I, I, mean, I always remember one time, I, I remember once doing a gig on um, I remember once doing a gig and being asked, did I do any covers? And I remember I remember saying, well, I cover my own songs, <laughs> which was my trying to kind of get around this. Uh -huh. So, you know, I've, I've had those moments, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's like, hey, I <laughs> cover my own songs. Right, see, see if you were to make a, a a film, right, about your career. Who would you want to play it? Well, that's a very good question. And funnily enough, I'm actually involved in a film project right now, but I, I can't say anything more about that because it's it's still on, on the wraps. But if I was involved in a film about my career, as in who would I like to play me? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Is this any any actress living or dead? Whatever. Whatever. Well, Okay, here we go. Um, if I was to pick an actress who is no longer alive, I would say, okay, and I, I just have to, I have to preface this by saying, I do get quite a lot of people telling me that, that I look like her. I think she's stunning. I don't think I'm as beautiful as she is. I think she is absolutely way on another level completely. But Anita Pallenberg, um, who yeah. starred in the movie A Degree of Murder and who was Keith Richards' girl. I, I would, if I could choose anyone in history to play me, um, I would love to, to pick her. That is an actress who's dead. An actress who's alive, I would go with Emmanuel Saigne, who yeah. played Michelle in one of my favourite movies of all time, Frantic. Uh, she's also married to Roma Roman Polanski and she's a singer as well. So I, I'd go with Emmanuel Saigne. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, or <laughs> either of those two. Right, now, on your, obviously you've got a right love of music, right? And I can see that. Either that, it's just wallpaper behind you, right? <laughs> <laughs> Do you come from a musical family or? Uh, not really, not really. No. I mean, um, it's one of the frustrating things that, you know, I've, I've, I've encountered quite a few bands who have, have been very fortunate that every time they have a band member leave the band, they just draft in a member of their family who is a multi-instrumentalist. I, I just don't have a family like that where I've got this array of multi-instrumental, multi, multi -instrumental, you know, 
musical talents who are just there to cherry pick. I, I may, I've, I've known some bands who can do that. I'm like, you're so lucky. So mm-hmm. I am not in the position There, there really is very little active musicianship in my family, unfortunately, which is one of the reasons why I'm I'm a bit of a lone wolf in that uh-huh. respect. No, well, I'm, I'm not musically talented myself, but I'm, I've not got any uh, musical talents. Well, my feet hung. No, I mean, that's <laughs> a bit of <laughs> Right. Your, your new album is coming out. Uh, as, when is that due out? Well, the album's actually come out. Um, it's been out since, since the end of, of June. That, that's, that's the debut full-length album, Floating Above Everything Else. So at the moment, I'm kind of promoting it, and we're going to be touring it, from obviously, from, from next month, from September uh, 14th. And then, obviously, uh-huh. we've got the date in Scotland, or the two dates, I should say, because the date in Glasgow at Nice and Sleazy's on the 20th of September, and then at Love Music Glasgow on the 21st of September. But uh, as well as that, um, this is a bit of an exclusive. I, I've only revealed this so far to my Patreon supporters. By the way, support Keely on Patreon, you good people, if you can. <laughs> if you, it's where it's at. For, yes, mm-hmm. exclusives, Keely Sound, Patreon. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, so the, the thing is, the session that I was that I mentioned earlier on about playing that session on WFMU to an audience of like 300,000 people, that ended up going so well that we've actually decided to release it as, as a live album. So okay. I'm going to be putting that out pretty soon um, and making yeah. it available on the website um, as a kind of an interim release between this record and the next album, which is due out next year. So it'll be kind of, it'll be the six songs I recorded live at WFMU plus an hour long kind of interview and and it's yeah it's going to be a really really lovely package so that's going to be coming out very soon um, oh, well. you'll need to get it across to me you need to get it across to me so we can play it on this radio I, for sure absolutely uh-huh. right before we play the, the last song um, tell us once again where can you get your music where can people get your music well, it's it's everywhere. I mean, it's on Spotify. You just type in Keely. If you type in Keely floating above everything else, that's the title of the album. So there's lots there. There's like there's the album floating above everything else. There's the mini album drawn to the flame. There's totally entranced. There's the EP echo everywhere. I've got quite a lot of stuff out. Got about twenty tracks. At present, twenty-two tracks, I think, at present. So also, it's on Bandcamp, and also physically, it's in the record stores. It's in Love Music Glasgow, uh-huh. um, it's in HMV. It's on. It's on Amazon. It's in. It's in stores all across Ireland. It's actually sold out in Tower Records in Dublin and Spin Dizzy in Dublin and Music Zone in Cork, and Norman Records in Leeds. It's in Piccadilly Records in Manchester. So it's it's in physical stores and it's also online in kind of on, on all the streaming sites as well. And just in case for the, the listeners, in case because I I know that it's it's easy to kind of miss the pronunciation of someone when you're listening. But my name is Keely. So that's K. Double E L E Y. A lot of people often omit the third E, but it's it's Keely K W L E Y, which actually means brave warrior, which is why I chose the title. Oh, see, oh. Hey, we're talking about where you can get the music now. What about this short film about you? Is it if I had ten minutes to spare, I'll tell you a story of my life. Where can you get that? Well, that's yeah, that's actually really good that you bring that up because that's um that was a short film that was especially put together to kind of. Um, to kind of give people a background to the story and to kind of how I came 
to be kind of showcasing the the unusual elements of my story because I'm a, I'm a unique proposition that I'm a concept artist I'm the only the only concept artist of of my of my kind or that I've ever heard of that I only write about one topic one theme one person and that person mm -hmm. is emerging so that you'll find that on on YouTube if you go to my YouTube channel, um, which again is I think Keely, Keely Sound dot com. You can find um my YouTube channel there. Subscribe. Uh -huh. There's loads and loads of stuff, videos and interviews and all sorts of goodies that I have up there. Uh huh. So you, have you written quite a lot of songs? I take it. I've I've written about a thousand songs so far. God, that's a box set. It is, and then some, and then some. Uh -huh. see, what happens is like I've had to, I, I've always been very prolific as a songwriter, but I've I've uh -huh. I've studied other partly because I'm obsessed with bands and I'm obsessed with music and all these books here, almost all of them, as you see behind me in, in that bookshelf, are books That's about people. Books about yeah, books about music. So I've kind of I've studied other careers and other bands and how they do it. And I didn't want to make the same mistakes that I feel that other songwriters who are very prolific have made and they've you've seen it over the years i i could mention uh -huh. certain where they've released a lot of material and maybe too much uh -huh. material good yes, no. i i didn't want to go down that road of overloading uh, quantity no quality exactly so what i do uh -huh. is like i i write constantly and then i record constantly but i only i kind of limit myself to releasing one album of like a concise album's worth of material every year so uh -huh. i've got the next six albums written but i'm only going to release one of them every year so uh -huh. that's how i'm going to do it yeah have you got a christmas record written <laughs> um i haven't got a christmas record written under my own name i actually in my last band we did have a Christmas song, Session Knots. We had this Christmas single we put out called Oh No, It's Christmas that I that I co-wrote. So technically I have written the Christmas record. So that's your pension? Well, not not really because um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, been, uh, that's it's it's I suppose it was a little bit under the radar. Um, it certainly wasn't as, uh, it lacked the ubiquity of a song like Last Christmas by Wham, which is a wonderful pop song in its own right. Um but yeah, I, I'm I'm not averse to maybe writing a Christmas song in the future. But I think the thing about Christmas songs is that for me, because I I only write about one theme and one topic, and and my oh. my subject is Inga, does not really, you know, I don't really see a prospect of kind of writing from a Christmas angle mm -hmm. there. Um, and also I find that there there can be it can be a bit of a cynical thing sometimes when when you get cats writing Christmas songs because they're they're their rationale is usually to try and yeah. make money. So that's never money. My goal is never yeah. money. To me, my the goal. best, the best, the best Christmas record I ever heard was the Pogues. It's got to be. Oh, yeah. That's, that's true about Christmas. <laughs> you're all lovey dovey at the beginning, and then later as you get on, it's just you're at each other's throats. Absolutely. Well, what I love about that is that it's it's such an honest portrayal of real life, yeah. and it didn't try and sugarcoat things. It's like Shane McGowan sings. And Kirsty McCall, they uh, sing as human beings experiencing life, experiencing love with all the highs and lows and all mm -hmm. the perils and all of the the the, the hard bitten reality. Uh -huh. that the often kind of glosses over. But that's why it's wonderful when you get a song like that that cuts through the bullshit, that, that cuts through the 
the kind of corporate style. Exactly. I just love it. Right, we're going to go into the, the song railway stations, but before we do, um, I'd like to say thanks very, very much for coming on tonight. It's been an absolute oh, belter your night oh, having you oh. on. As I say, get your music over to us and uh, we'll give it a good talk. And I you would. can thank me. You can thank me, John, for getting in contact with me. <laughs> it him at the, lovely, the lovely John Heaney. He speaks very highly of you, Jamie. Uh, well, you better. <laughs> Give him ten pounds to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on. It was right. lovely. Right. Uh, no problem, pal. It's been an absolute blast. Right, railway stations. What's that about? You're not well, a train spotter. I, I'm not, but I'm glad you're asking that because there's very much. Um, it's very much relevant to Scotland. Uh -huh. um, what happened was when I became so invested emotionally and just so immersed in the story of Inga Maria Hauser and I became so interested in her story and I spent years studying her and studying the case and becoming very emotionally involved and writing the blog about her and pu publicly campaigning. But at one point I decided I was going to have to try and retrace her steps and painstakingly uh -huh. I, I, I set out on a four-day trip through England into Scotland and over to Northern Ireland. And I visited every one of the 32 towns and cities that she had travelled in and that she'd been in on her way. And I, I, I stayed in youth hostel in Oxford and I stayed in a youth hostel in Belfast just as, as she went. I, I, I wanted it to be as true and as accurate to uh -huh. her memory and to that trip as, as I could be. Because I wanted to be able to write from the perspective and to try and enable me to try and get more of an understanding of, of what she'd gone through, where she'd been, how it felt, what she saw, all of that, as much as I could. So I traveled through all of these and, and I was on the train the whole time. So basically the course of that song is wherever you go, I follow even the little railway station. So it's just uh -huh. the kind of, and it's kind of, it's the story, it's the travelogue, basically the first verse is, and yeah. um, uh, I, I bought an interrail ticket and, and hit the road uh, four days through the UK rain, wind and cold. So it's a story of being going throughout, you know, um, from Dublin to London, to Oxford, to Bath, uh, Cambridge, um, Bristol, Liverpool, then up into uh, Scotland, went up to Inverness, and then down to Glasgow, to Ayr, to Stranraer, and then over to Larne, and then on to Belfast, which she would have done if she had survived that night, and then on to Dublin. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the story of that journey. It's quite a, it's a very bittersweet song. That's lovely Odyssey, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Right, as I said, many, many, many thanks for coming on tonight, Paul. It's been absolutely brilliant talking to you. Here on Camp Glen Radio, 107.9 FM, the Jimmy Heaney Show, is Gilly Moss and, of course, Railway Stations.
What an interview, I really, really enjoyed that It was <laughs> at railway stations um, She'll be playing on uh, Nice and Sleazy's on the 20th of September That's a Wednesday night And as I said in the interview I was actually going to be playing live here But I've decided Because I'm away tomorrow on my holiday I'm going to take two weeks off So the man himself, my wingman Hello He'll be doing the two shows that's a fortnight. Oh, yeah, oh, the, I know. The, the Wednesday Let evening show. I know. The, the oh, name of the evening, man. Yeah. like to say many, many thanks to my young nephew, John, and all the family down in Cornwall. Thanks very much for getting me on, put, putting uh, Kayleigh on to me. It's been an absolute blast listening to that uh, interview once again. And definitely what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and see her. I'm taking that Wednesday off. Decided. Go for it. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. I've just made my mind up. She is brilliant. Right, as I said, um, Nick, quickly, what's on? Okay, yes, um, I'll quickly speak about our Cam Glen Presents. So, uh, what are you doing Friday, 20, 29th of September? What I'll are you be, doing? I'll be with you, Dina Mooney. Uh, no way. <laughs> Listen, if you uh, a date for your diary, uh, Friday the 29th of September, um, right here at uh, number 18 um, uh, Farmland Road, uh, we have a uh, we have a, a three-hour bands on. 
we yeah. will be having a band called Local Authority, Bunkhouse, and Human Renegade. Did you play the uh, Play Marianne the Freedom. Play, play the Freedom. Marianne. Absolutely. Plinking good. And uh, we will be, uh, yeah, myself and Jamie will be there. Um, yep. We have great venue here, live bands. Uh, how much I think we'll scrub up that night. It's if you, if you uh, book the tickets early, uh, it's eight pounds, but it's tenner on the door. So if you yeah, want even a tenner, no, I mean that. No, ten pounds I, I would not grudge bands. a tenner for three bands. For three bands, that and is um, we have, good. We have a bar here as well, uh, obviously over eighteens, and it's a very good kind of value for money bar as well. Uh, believe you me, I've taken advantage of it the last few times. Oh, you're done too. You have yeah. heard of it in the Rolling News. I know, <laughs> tipsy Max Dyer all the way home, and uh, well, it's a good night out. You don't have to drink, but you can certainly come along. And to the tree bands. Is that, it, can, I, can I ask a question? You say there, you take your side there, you? Do you actually say you're going home to Rogland or are you going home to Dublin so as you get equivalent in one? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> you t- it depends how much the bar, how <laughs> much I've had at the bar. Um, so, yeah, if you. Um, uh, uh, on your diary for 29th of September, Friday 29th of September, doors open at 7 o'clock, three bands, Local Authority, Bunkhouse, Human Renegade, which have, uh, Jamie's been playing uh, earlier on tonight. Uh-huh. Uh, tickets are £10 on the door, uh, £8 if you get them in advance. Uh, Eventbrite and go Camblen Presents and you'll find all the details there. It's over 18s uh, only and uh, yeah, if you want any further details, Click on to camglenradio.org and all the details will be there. Okay, man, man. Thanks for chipping that in there, Mr. Spectre Gadget. Great. Chill. Chill. What a tune. Love this band. Love them. Bring on the dancing horses. As I said, many, many thanks to Kelly Moss there. Many thanks, John, for putting me on to them.
bring on the dancing horses. I don't know about dancing horses. <laughs> you're talking. One your wee dancer. <laughs> you're talking you about Christmas, son. Don't, don't, don't start. Uh, I mean, we're in the sweltering heat. We're totally in the middle of an Indian summer here. I knew one of talking about son, you're talking about Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to do for Christmas. Right, seriously, I'm going to shist about the sea salt, sea world. Right, as I said, I'm going to be away uh, this time tomo- tomorrow. I'll be in the beach. So on the beach. So, on the beach. On uh, the beach. Uh, uh, naked, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Some different. Well, so, you know. Somebody's excited about your nakedness. <laughs> right, as I said, my big man and Stephen will be taking over for the next couple of weeks and you got a good show lined up for us, isn't it? I've got a cracking show lined up. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm bet you're a bit hooky, you do. Uh, I think I'll phone in. I think I'll phone you from Keith. <laughs> I'll block you. <laughs> <laughs> right, and uh, many, many thanks for tuning in tonight, right? And many, many thanks to Kelly Moss and John Heaney from Cornwall and all the family. Lots of love to you. Thanks for putting Kelly on to me. As I said, you'll know here from me for another two weeks. Hip, hip! Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> right, many thanks to Nick and of course Stephen and uh, I'm going to leave you with nothing tonight because I've absolutely ran out. Good night, God bless. Are you an artist or band and want to get your music heard? Send us your music and it'll be considered for our daytime playlist. You might even be asked to come in with a live set. Send your demos to promo at camglenradio.org.